If you Google philanthropy, it'll say people who give and primarily in dollars. And that is wrong because philanthropy means love of mankind. And that's it. It never meant anything about money. Nobody ever said anything about money until we Americans changed that. Hello and welcome to The Daily Helping with Dr. Richard Schuster. Food for the brain, knowledge from the experts, tools to win at life. I'm your host, Dr. Richard. Whoever you are, wherever you're from, and whatever you do, this is the show that is going to help you become the best version of yourself. Each episode, you will hear from some of the most amazing, talented, and successful people on the planet who followed their passions and strive to help others. Join our movement to get a million people each day to commit acts of kindness for others. Together, we're going to make the world a better place. Are you ready? Because it's time for your Daily Helping. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Daily Helping Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Richard, and I am so honored to share my guest with all of you today. His name is Bob Hopkins, and he has spent the last 30 years in business heading nonprofit organizations and publishing the magazine Philanthropy World. Bob is one of the most well-known people in philanthropy anywhere. He retired from the magazine in 2007 and has spent the last number of years teaching communications at the University of Texas at Arlington, as well as teaching around the world, but he's known for his robust desire to make a difference in the community and his passion for philanthropy. He has received the Hero of Humanity Award from the Art of Living Foundation, and he has been a fundraising executive for the last 30 years, having served the Association of Fundraising Executives. Bob serves nonprofit organizations nationally as well as internationally, and his expertise in board of director development is well known, and he is a consistent consultant to organizations that are struggling. Bob, welcome to The Daily Helping. I am so excited for our conversation today. I have done a lot since I'm only 35 years old. <laughs> indeed, indeed. Bob, my goodness, there's so many things we can talk about, but what I love to do with guests who come on my show is peel back that onion a little bit, find out your superhero origin story. Talk to us about what got you on this path of philanthropy, what, how that spark ignited for you. Okay, you want to know the truth? Absolutely. And you won't tell anybody? Just all the people around the world listening to this, but nobody else. Well, I'm a recovering alcoholic. And uh, in 1978, because of my family, I quit drinking alcohol and I called Alcoholics Anonymous. And I have been sober for 42 years now without a drink of alcohol. So I have, um, I'm a recovering, which means that those of you out there who are alcoholics, you never fully recover you know, because it means that you just can't pick up a drink of alcohol of any kind, which I don't. But you know what? I lead, lead a very normal life and I have a great time in life and uh, nothing keeps me from doing anything. So that is what started me on this road of philanthropy because, uh, Dr. Richard, I was in Alcoholics Anonymous. But for those of you who know about that organization, you can't really promote it. So therefore, I couldn't go in and tell everybody, you know, you need to give money to Alcoholics Anonymous, but I could give to 
the National Council on Alcoholism. So I got involved as a volunteer for the with the National Council on Alcoholism, and I went out to um, schools and talked to seniors in high school about the bad things of alcohol and drugs so that they wouldn't do it when they grow up. But that doesn't mean that they took my advice or anything like that. But I was so good at it and enjoyed it so much that they hired me. So I was actually a fundraising executive with the National Council on Alcoholism for a couple of years until I moved to Dallas. So anyway, that's what got me into philanthropy. And I love, 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 love nonprofit organizations. I love the way they work. I've joined the National Society of Fundraising Executives, which is now called AFP Association of Fundraising Professionals. For those of you who want to know more about it in your city in the United States, every city in the United States, that's big. You will have that organization and I encourage people to be involved in it. Wow. So awesome. Well, number one, I want to congratulate you for 42 years of sobriety. That, that is fantastic. And number two, interesting how that turn of events in your life, you know, brought you onto this path. And so a lot of people, and, and certainly perhaps given the climate of the world right now, might listen to this and, they, and, and might say, yeah, you know, fundraising, nonprofits, charity stuff, you know, I don't have the money for it. I don't have the time for it. Talk to us. You know, you've been doing this for decades, despite the fact that you're only 35, which is really phenomenal. And so talk to us about how this has impacted your lives and how you've seen being involved in fundraising impact the lives of others. Right. Well, Richard, uh, prior to me being 35, I graduated, got a master's degree, uh, had successful businesses, I mean, working experiences. I was actually worked as a hospital manager for eight years and over the Department of Surgery in Kansas City. So I've done a lot of stuff before deciding to quit drinking, and I never lost a job because of it. It never really interfered with my jobs. So I, you know, did a lot before I decided to not drink, but I didn't know what I was doing. And when I went to the National Council on Alcoholism, and became involved in philanthropy, which I didn't know that word either, a change, that changed my life. And Dr. Richard, every day I learn something new about this topic. And as you now know, I've written a book called Philanthropy Misunderstood. And um, you don't have a copy of it yet, but I'm going to just show that right now. It's called Philanthropy Misunderstood. And it's really not about me only. It's about 108 people whose stories are about giving. And so I learned a lot about this topic of philanthropy, and I want to spread the word around the world that everybody needs to be a giver. So that's, that's kind of my, and you know what, when I see you and I talk to you and you're, what you're getting ready to do with everykidwalks.org, it just amazes me that you're doing something that I don't know anything about and that I can learn and get energized from you to continue my work and working with children. Well, I love that. And so I'm curious about the title. And I know you said it's not really about you. It's about these 108 people who give, but philanthropy misunderstood. So what are the things, what are the misunderstandings that we have about philanthropy? Well, what do you think philanthropy was? What Before you met me, what did you think philanthropy was? Philanthropy to me was always people giving money to a cause. That's what exactly. I always thought, right? 
And if you Google philanthropy, it'll say people who give and primarily in dollars. And that is wrong because philanthropy means love of mankind. And that's it. It never meant anything about money. Nobody ever said anything about money until we Americans changed that and decided that we couldn't, didn't know what to call those people who did write the big checks and put their names on hospitals and universities. And so we called them philanthropists because of that. And so people tell me, well, you know what? When I win the lottery, I'm going to be a philanthropist. And I thought, and I kept hearing that over and over and over and over again. And I realized, you know what? They've got philanthropy wrong. I need to write about it and write about the real philanthropists. And those are people who really do things to help others that can say, I'm a philanthropist and they can do it with pride. And that's what it is. And you, Dr. Richard, are a philanthropist. And it's not about money. It's not about writing the check. And do you write checks? Yes, you do. And do you give money? Yes, you do. But that's not just what makes that word come alive. What makes that word come alive is every kid rocks. Your organization that you're going to change lives, but you're going to change kids. So, I, and I appreciate your kind words, but I want I want to go back to, you know, the the definition of it before, as you said, we you know we kind of changed it because people didn't know really what title to give people who were putting their names on hospitals. But you know, most people who would want to give are not putting their names on hospitals. They're not writing massive checks. But I, I would love for you to talk about how giving changes one's life because you've been around this for so many years and you've seen so many people do it. And I'm excited to get that perspective from you. Okay. There's a book called Give to Live. You can go on Amazon and put in Give to Live by Dr. Doug Lawson. Unfortunately, Dr. Lawson just passed away. And he was my mentor. I first met him in 1987 at a National Society of Fundraising Executives conference. He was so popular that people, there were standing room only. And Dr. Lawson was my mentor for 40 years or 30 years. And I learned everything I know about this topic from him and his book, Give to Live. It's an amazing book. And it tells you why people give. And they give because it does so much for you, not the people who are hungry or the people who don't have homes. Yes, it does give people who don't have homes a home. It does give people food who don't have food. There's lots of organizations that do great, great, great things. But you know what, Dr. Richard, I learned that I give because it helps me. It makes me have a better life. It makes me 35 years old instead of 78, which I really am, uh, it makes me energized. It gives me better health. It makes me get better energy and an excitement because when I get this little pat on my back from God, in my case, it's God, I go, I feel good. You did good today, Bobby. You helped somebody. And oh my gosh, I don't know if you know anything about the science of what doing good does for a person, soul, their heart, their mind. But um, those people who are givers do, they know why they're so happy and why they feel so good and why they have such good health. It's because they're givers.
Hey guys, Dr. Richard here. For the past seven years, I've been privileged to bring you incredible guests who are changing the world and can help you become the best version of yourself. I'm really excited to share with you a new quiz that I created based on my clinical training that will curate for you a custom list of my top episodes and actionable strategies to help you wherever you are on your journey. All you need to do is go to drrichardschuster.com to take it, and it's 100% free. You'll be taking the next step on the journey to unlocking the power of you, and I can't wait to see where you'll go. You know, it's, it is something that uh, I know about. In fact, my TED talk, TEDx talk was about this very subject. It was the science of, of altruism. But I, I wanted to hear from your perspective as to how it personally impacted you. But, but yes, it absolutely, there are physiological benefits when we do good things for others. You know, dopamine is released, which is a pleasure hormone. There's all sorts of, of good science around helping other people. And you know, it's really, that's the premise of this show is to help other people. Because if we help, if we all help each other, we feel good, we raise each other up as a society. You've got such a wealth of experience doing this, Bob. I wonder if there are any particular stories and example of all the years you've been doing this that really did touch your soul, were really moving and powerful that you'd love to share with us today. Right. You know, um, what came to mind immediately when you asked that question is a story in my book. A friend of mine and I actually were cleaning out snow in Kansas City from driveways and making money from that in 1982. In fact, it was January the 6th, 1982. And why do I know about that? Because I found an article from the newspaper that date talking about me and this friend of mine who found a baby in the snow. Uh, we were cleaning out this driveway. And all of a sudden, my friend said, Bob, look, there's something moving over there on the back porch of that house. And I looked and there was, it was something yellow. So I got out of my Jeep and I walked through the snow, which was about three feet deep. And I approached this box and it was moving and it was a blanket, a yellow blanket that was covering the box. And I pulled the blanket back and here's a little baby like this and that's what was causing the blanket to move is because it was moving and i found a note around its neck and it said i can't take care of this baby no more please find it a home so i had a choice what what would you do when you did that would you found when you found the baby would you just cover the blanket back up get in your jeep and continue doing your work or would you pick up the box and go to the front door of this house and knock on the door and say you're not going to believe this, but I found a baby on your back porch. Well, that's what I did. And that's what we did. And we called the police because you have choices. What do you do? And we called the police and we followed up. We had to go to court and talk about this situation. And Dr. Richard, 36 years later or 37 years later, I want to find out for the, I want to find this baby. Now, that was a philanthropic story. A lot of people see people laying on the side of the road or actually in this, on, this, on the sidewalks in New York or even in Dallas, and they just see somebody in distress, but they just walk past. They don't do anything about it. So philanthropy is when you make a decision to you have to go the next step. You have to do something about that. And have you ever done something about that? Have you ever looked at somebody on the side that are 
I did just recently. I saw a lady laying in the street, halfway on the sidewalk, halfway in the street. And I decided I had to stop my car. I had to get out of my car. I had to go over and see if this lady was alive and shake her. And I did. And she woke up and I said, ma'am, you are in the street. And she very gruffly got up. But she was a homeless woman and she may have been mentally challenged and she left. But I did that as a philanthropic activity and you would have too. A lot of people would they would have drive, driven on by and thought this woman, it's not my responsibility if she gets run over. It's not my responsibility if she dies, you know? So those people who pay attention and do something about it are the, what I call philanthropists. And, you know, that's so interesting. And I, I don't know where I read this, but it was recently, it, and there was expressed concern that what technology and social media is doing is you know there are more and more people who you know have outrage about you know injustice and things going on in the world that they'll angrily tweet an official uh, or tweet whoever they think is involved in the problem whatever the problem may be but that those people think well i've done my i've done what i need to they're actually less inclined to take that actual action like you have spoken about what do you think about that i had a kid came to my classroom one day and looked in the classroom and I didn't know who this kid was. And I opened the door and said, who are you? And he says, is this your iPad? And he was showing me my iPad that had my name on it. And I had my business card scotch taped on the, on it so he could see that it, whose it was. And I said, Oh my God, that's my iPad. Where'd you find it? He said, I found it on the back of your car or on the back of somebody's car in the, in the parking lot. And I said, how did you find me? And he said, well, I had all kinds of choices to leave it there, to sell it, to keep it, to turn it into the police. And I decided I had to find you. So he went to the library. He looked me up, found out where my building was, what my room was, and brought it to me and saved me three days of agony should he have left it in the police department. Or had he just left it there and somebody else would have come to find it. So I found a checkbook on the ground and I looked at it and I had a choice. Don't pick it up, leave it alone, pick it up. And if you do pick it up, then you got to do something with it. I was walking. So I put it in my back pocket. I ended up at my house and I put it on the, the, the kitchen table and left it there for five seconds. And then I thought, Bob, what are you going to do with this check? What are you going to do with this checkbook? I could put it in the, in the mail because it's got the address of the person. Or I could get into my car and go to this address and find this person and say, I found your checkbook. And you know what? I did that latter thing that I just said because I remember the kid who went out of his way to find me to give me my iPad back. So anyway, I did that. I found the girl, I found the lady and she went, oh my God, thank you so much. My, my purse was stolen last night when I was playing tennis out of my car and they took my whole purse and my this checkbook was in it. So somebody must've thrown it out, obviously, because they didn't want it and they wanted to keep the money and keep the purse, et cetera, et cetera. But thank you so much. Now I don't have to call my bank and say, stop the, you know, stop this, the processes of any more transactions of this, this bank. So I went the extra mile. 
only because, truly only because somebody did that for me. Paying it forward. I love it. I absolutely love it. Bob, I know you've got a big event coming up. Tell us a little bit about it. Right. Thank you for asking, Dr. Richard. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, Actually, Halloween is coming up. And um, I have actually taken the PAVE program to virtual opportunities for kids because we can't gather them together anymore like we used to. Hopefully we will again. But on October the 30th, we're going to be having our third virtual youth in philanthropy conference for kids seven years old to 23 years old or 50 years old who how long you want to be a kid doesn't matter um where we will actually have kids and even kids like me and kids like somebody who's 13 years old tell their stories about giving to encourage kids to go out and do something we'll put them into groups on virtually etc etc but it's called Youth in Philanthropy, and they can go to my website um, or to my email address, bhopbobtex at yahoo.com or philanthropymisunderstood.org or to philanthropykids.org and hear more about it and how to register. And and you, you mentioned PAVE. Tell us a little bit about PAVE. Okay. PAVE. I created it on a napkin. Philanthropy and Volunteerism in Entrepreneurship. P-A-V-E. And so when kids come to our course, which is called PAVE, they learn how to be a giver. And they also learn how to shake hands and look people in the eyes when they talk. And they learn how to be a giver to help them with their self-esteem and to make them get, give, um, make different choices about how they're going to continue their day or their week or their year. And uh, so my kids who are 13 and 14 years old who took us when we were eight and nine are different kids. They're now on the honor roll. A mother says, this is the first time my kid has ever been on the honor roll. And that's what makes me happy. I love it. Changing kids. I absolutely love this uh, because they, you don't, they don't have this in the, in the public schools. You don't have courses on giving and philanthropy, it's just not there. So it's so beautiful that you're helping these kids where that becomes a part of who they are. I think that is, that is so wonderful. Uh, Bob, this, this time together has flown by and I'm so grateful that you chose to spend a little bit of your morning with us today. As you know, I wrap up every, my, every episode of my show by asking my guests just this one question, and that is, what is your biggest helping, that single most important piece of information you'd like somebody to walk away with after hearing our conversation today? Well, everybody can be a change maker. Everybody can change the life of somebody positively. Only if they're empowered. And so I tell my college students that today is the first day of the rest of your life. Go out and do something for somebody and then come back and tell me about it tomorrow. And then tomorrow I will ask them, what did you do? And they will tell me because it's an assignment. It's a habit. It's habit formations. And so I'm empowering everybody who's listening to me today that even if you think you're a giver, go do something specifically that you didn't think of before. 
call up somebody next door. Go knock on the door and find out how you can help them. And it's an amazing thing that the person next door probably needs your help mentally, physically, or whatever. The people, go, go mow somebody's yard, lawn, that's three feet high, and you'll find out that they can't afford it. They can't afford somebody to mow their yard. So go mow the yard, the people across the street or something. So that's what I'm going to ask everybody to do is do something. Right at the bottom here is my email address, bhopbobtex at yahoo.com. If you can see that, I can see mine. I don't have my name. I have my email address. Email me, and I will send you some more information and maybe even give you a copy of my book. Oh, I love it. I love it. You know, you, you just led into my next question, which was where can people, uh, can, how can people connect with you? But, uh, and we'll have all that information in the show notes, but tell us uh, where people can learn more about you online. Give us a website. Okay. Uh, Philanthropy Misunderstood is the name of my book, .org. Uh, will pop up this book and then there will be information about me in the book, how to get in contact with us and how to be involved in another foundation, which is called philanthropy kids. I love it. Org. I absolutely love it. And like I said, we'll have all that good stuff about Bob Hopkins uh, linked in the show notes at the daily helping.com. Uh, Bob, you are so refreshing and in alignment with everything that this show uh, was created to be. So thank you so much for coming on today. It was an absolute honor to have you on. Dr. Richard, I'm so honored to be here, and I can't wait to hear about more. EveryKidRocks.org. You will. You will indeed. I appreciate that. And I also appreciate each and every one of you who took time out of your day to listen to our chat today. If you like what you heard, go give us a subscribe on Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star review because that is what helps other people finally show. But most importantly, and I say this every episode, but Bob said it so well, Go out there today and do something nice for somebody else, even if you don't know who they are, and post it in your social media feeds using the hashtag MyDailyHelping, because the happiest people are those that help others. 